0: In the following live session recording, Cindy Townsend, women's minister at First Baptist Church, Jackson, Mississippi, will talk about how to maximize your leadership potential. The listener will hear about the leadership skills needed to guide a successful team, as well as explore ways to enhance your God-given passion, personality, and leadership style to develop an effective team. Peter Drucker says, management is doing things right, and leadership is doing the right things. This session will highlight the right stuff for leadership development. Let's join
1: Cindy now.
2: Well, I'm glad that uh, we have technical things, but we were on yesterday's session, so I'm glad this came up. Is this what? This is not it. That was yesterday. It keeps coming up. What in the world? Okay, well, you know what? We don't have to have a PowerPoint for the Lord to work, do we? I, I, I don't know. Do, oh, y'all didn't say no. Y'all think we have to have a PowerPoint for things to work around here. We'll just keep this maximizing, um, and we'll just see what happens here. Uh, yay! Isn't God good? That could have taken 10 minutes. All right. All right. Maximizing your leadership potential as a ministry leader. Um, we are going to just kind of devin this together, and it's been such a joy to be here for these two days, um, you've got such a wonderful WU uh, president and Lisa and uh, Georgia's got it going on. Go Georgia! Um, but I want us to focus for a few moments on um, on what it, what it's all about and you giving leadership as a ministry leader and all of us. Some of you say, you know, I don't consider myself a leader. And you know what I say to you. God has called us all. We're going to, in our lifetime, lead something. Yes, you know, for a while in my life, I was just leading my dog around. But I was leading. I was being a good leader of that. Uh, God has a place for us. In my office, um, there is a scripture that is framed that I believe, for me as a leader, God uses it to every day of my life, along with Psalm 139, 23, 24, just to kind of do surgery on me because I think as leaders we always need to be, don't we? we, we we've never arrived, we're always in the process. But my, my leadership verse that's framed in my house as well and in my office is 1 Timothy 1.5. Now the goal, and some, some Bibles would say the goal of your life, the goal of your instruction. We will say the goal of our leadership or anything entrusted to us is three things. It says right here, it's love from a pure heart. A pure heart, that means we've got to do some cleaning up if it's pure. That comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience. We don't have anything in our despiser. We got it all worked out when we put our head on a pillow at night. It's a clear conscience as we work with the women around us. And more important than anything, pure heart, clear conscience and sincere faith. Pure heart. Purify my heart as a leader. Give me a clear conscience that, that I don't have anybody in my despiser, and our my relationships or, or Christ honoring, but because God, my faith in you is sincere and you alone are worthy. Truly, uh, some of you that were in a conference with me yesterday, kind of nod your head if you were. Okay, so you might remember this. Um See that the the essence of student uh, of women's ministry to for me is twelve words. It's women in His Word, on His mission, by His grace poured out, and for His glory. So as we think about maximizing our leadership potential in Christ Jesus, I want us to kind of have that as overarching that it's for His glory. And it's to, we have to as a leader we have to keep our you know Socrates says you're not going to lead anybody any further than you've been yourself, and so we our faith has to stay so sincere and stay 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 so focused. I, I want the Lord to get His maximum use out of the the person He's created in me. Do you want that in your life? Yes. I mean, there are many times I pray and say, Lord, would You just to the full extent of what you want me to do. Reveal it to me. I know, Lord, you what you want me to be and make sure that I am who the being more important than the doing. But, Lord Jesus, in my life and the older I get, the more important it is to me for God to be himself to the full extent in me. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I don't know a perfect leader anywhere outside of the Thrice Holy God. But, but the desire for, for him to be have maximum usage of our life. Isn't that incredible? I love that word maximum. Because it's not, you know, I surrender 10% or I surrender 50%. It's what? I, I surrender what?
1: Oh. All
2: of it to you to the maximum degree for you to get the most glory. And let me just talk, talk to you a moment about leadership for us as women. Um, it is not about me. There are a lot of leaders, and I've journeyed through this as well in my life. That maybe begin leadership thinking, "Oh, I got to get everything right," and so focused on me that they can't lead anybody. Um, but it's not about me. Will you say it's not about me. It's not about me. me. But let me just tell you something else. Leadership's not. Now I know there's a book written. It's not about me. It's about we. But I I, I want to tell you it's not about we either. He's we. It's not about we. Say, it's not about we. It's not not about me. Me. I know a lot of women's leadership teams that come together and they're so excited about the we that they are. Well, let me tell you, it's exactly what you said. It's not about me. It's not about we. It is about thee. And if we lead, if we don't do anything else in our leadership but to just model that, it's not about me getting it all right. Or we getting it all right? But it's about it. Then we're on, a, we're on a good track. All right, you know, if you've been in any of my sessions, I love to do interactive stuff, and we've got just a little bit of time to do that. And I would like for you to think of a leader that you've had in the past that's led maybe a team or something like that, or led you in, it doesn't even have to be in church work or ministry, okay? I want you to think about that leader. You got that leader in your mind? When you were on a team and someone was leading you. Okay? Got it. All right. Raise your hand if you would say that was a positive team. As a team member, it was a positive experience. Okay? The chance to, how many of you say it was not so positive? It was not so positive. Okay. I would like for you to put your stuff down, get a partner, face your partner, and I'm going to tell you what to do. Real quick.
0: Make sure you know your partner's name.
1: Stop All
2: right, boy, that just makes you smile. Everybody's
1: smiling right now. Uh,
2: talking about a good, good experience. Oh my goodness, I will never forget years ago, I was uh, a part of a team that did a thing called Walk for Mankind, and it helped orphans. Um, and medical care in all these countries, all over everywhere, and we did this walk all over the city of Jackson, Mississippi, and every step you took, people giving money toward it. And the team that got that together and the leader that got to the, ah, it was so much fun. We got to the end, it was, yes! Because it was all about the goal of the orphans. We were so excited about that. We had a good leader. All right, you know what we're about to talk about? I want you to pause for a moment, you You think about a t- team that you've been on before that you really felt maybe like it didn't matter whether you were there or not.
1: Mm-hmm. Or
2: the leader, in your humble opinion, was probably not leading as efficiently as they needed to be. Mm-hmm. How did that team, how did it work? How did you feel? And I don't want you to tell any of that. I want you to come up with a word picture to describe that experience. Like, for, like, somebody might say, well, I joined the team and then the team started doing a lot of yin-yang and the leader didn't take control, so the word picture for me was a knife in my back. And I said, that was, that's a bad situation. Okay, I want you just not to share the experience, but to give it a word picture of how, how what it was like to be on a team with a leader not leading efficiently. And just share that, your word picture. <laughs> All right. So, I need about four or five of you just to say the word that comes to your mind. What word do you have? Okay. So, Lisa has a word, and the word was what? Chaos. <laughs> Chaos. Oh, that's fun. Chaos. Thank you, Lisa. Somebody else over here. So random.
1: What? Random.
2: So random. It's just random. Okay. So Sucker punched.
1: Ooh. Ooh. That hurts. I'm
2: Over
3: here. Somebody. Upside down face. What? The emoji. The upside the down. Down,
2: the down face. The
1: upside down, 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 down emoji. Down. emoji. Yeah. Girl, I've been there. I understand.
2: So the reason I wanted us to stop and think about that, because if we're going to maximize our leadership potential in leading other women, we're going to ultimately lead teams. And so... When we reflect on our good experiences and also also take a moment to reflect on some of our not-so-good experiences along the way, uh, this is... This, wow, come on. Okay, will y'all pray? Do y'all like these pictures of these ladies? Okay, it looks like you might be seeing them for a while. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with this. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. You're
3: not supposed to have a powerful. It's just not God's will.
2: Um, um, One of the things that that I want us to stop and think about is, in us leading, I think we need to say, God has given us these past experiences for a reason. And he's given us these past experiences for us to say, you know, I'll be honest, there are a lot of people that I've followed their leadership, and I just so admire the way they've done something. I I showed up here in Georgia yesterday morning, and... The vice president of
0: what is her title?
2: Uh, uh, Bethany, she's
0: executive director of Georgia Baptist
2: Women, executive director of Georgia Baptist Women. That's a big title. So, I cannot, I, I, I stopped counting, but I counted six times yesterday that she said, How can I help? I she walked in that door, and uh, Beverly and I'd been putting things on the, on the chairs so that we could, you could have everything that you need, material-wise. And she's carrying on a conversation, and Beverly's still working, because Beverly does a good job of getting it done. And she stopped conversation with me. I had stopped to greet your executive director, Georgia Baptist Convention, <laughs> and she turned to Beverly and said, let me help you do that. Can I help you do that? And Beverly said, no, I've got, got it. I know that's a little thing, but it's big. The little things are big things in leadership. And people notice things like that. It's not that Beverly wanted to be served by your executive director, it's just that it flowed from her heart and it was so much who she is. And she's already said that to me two or three times today. And the last time I was like, no, thank you, though. No, no, no. Because she's just a serving kind of a leader. Well, when you're in a volunteer position on a team, we, as women, need to kind of get in the shoes of or in the heart of or in the mind of the team of women we're leading. Mm-hmm. And we need to know their giftedness, know, know, you know what they can contribute to the table. But when I was on the team that was not so good, and I'll just tell you about it. and I, I, I love the Salvation Army, okay? So this is not anything, but I worked with the Salvation Army in one little bitty part of it uh, near where I live. And it was my job to coordinate, as a part of the Salvation Army team at Christmas, the bell ringers in front of Kroger and in front of all businesses and that kind of thing. And so I worked really, really hard to get all these precious junior high students that could not drive yet to, to have the experience of ringing bells so that money could go and they could feel a part of something bigger than themselves. So you know what it's like to work really, really hard to make things happen. Well, have you? uh, I started getting phone calls because there were different sites all over the city and there was times that they were supposed to show up and I started getting phone calls from junior high mothers saying, we're here, I've rearranged my soccer schedule for my son and da-da-da to get my daughter here to ring the bell. And no one's here. There's no bucket, there's no red bucket where you said it was going to be. Well, the first time I was like, I'm sure that's misunderstanding. Give me 10 minutes and I'll be there. And just so happened I could be there in 10 minutes. Kind of, well, well, on my way to be there in 10 minutes. I got a phone call from somebody from another pharmacy. Guess what? You want to guess? Nobody. Nobody was there with the bucket. And there was another mama. Said so this mama wasn't a happy camper at all because she had given up some kind, of, some kind of club or something that she was supposed to be at so her daughter could have this bell ringing experience. <coughs> Oh, my goodness, after that happened many times. I thought, I'm not sure my team leader over there at Salvation Army has their act together. Say the word. Chaos. Chaos. And you know what happened the next year? And I'm like, I mean, my heart, I'm a feeler. And I just, oh, I love serving in ways like that. And when that same person called back the next year and said, would you coordinate? I mean, I, I was just praying. I couldn't wait till our bell ringing time was over because it was so chaotic. That when she called me back, I said no. I said no. And I said, with very respectfully, you know, the buckets weren't there and I didn't have an answer for moms that had taken off. And I could just tell you on it. I, the bottom line is, it just gave me a passion just to say no, because the leader didn't have it together. So may our leadership... Yes,
3: ma'am. No, don't. Are we allowed to
2: ask a question? Yes, ma'am. So, I don't, may not have the answers, but we'll <laughs> all
3: have the answers. At least lisa has got the answers. So I'm going mm-hmm. back to what the scripture says. You may have a problem with your brother or sister. Did you... Try to see why that person didn't have those red buckets there. Yes, I did. And then okay, so it, it just
1: was a drop. They just dropped the bucket, literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then
3: uh, that's why you had to say no. Okay. Yes, okay. and I think I think that the reason
2: that she called me again is she really wanted me to give her a second chance. Mm-hmm. But just to be honest, uh, the job I had at the moment wouldn't allow me to do it again because it had been so chaotic at the school that I was working. with. With the children. Does that make sense? So, thank you for bringing that out because biblically, I did have a responsibility to say, look, you know, this is, let's talk about this. And and I've worked with Salvation Army since, so it's not like I've got a thing. But I mean, it was just that situation, that one leader, but I hadn't forgotten it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like you didn't forget that experience. It gave me a passion as a leader to want to be more organized and my yes be yes and my no be no. Um, than ever before in leadership. I want us to talk about how important it is uh, for us as a team. You know, and let me just give you a definition for a leader. Um, It's a person, this is, I mean, there's lots of definitions for leaders. It's just what we're going to work from today. It's a person who influences people to accomplish a purpose. So it's PPP is a person who organizes people to accomplish a purpose and our discussion today is the purpose is to glorify God through whatever its task is along the way so I we are a leader like it or not and I mean y'all can argue with me about it but it's just what I think I think I'm the kind of leader I am based on my past experiences and and they've been refining and it's really sad to say, but there's probably someone somewhere in a meeting like this that probably says, oh, I was on Cindy Townsend's team, you know, years ago, and oh, it was chaos. Because I, isn't it good that we progress as leaders? You know, that it's just not, I didn't start knowing really how to be a leader. I just started with baby steps, and God was patient with me. We need to be patient with one another. And I must underline that really a leader is a servant.
1: That's.
2: In Christ's army. It's how you out-serve the people that are entrusted to you, And it's not my team. And it's not my ministry. And it's not my work. It's not. It's His. And it's more ours than it could ever be a me kind of thing. That's just what the heart of a servant leader. And that's the reason every day of my life I have to say, purify my heart of Lord. Pure heart, clear conscience, and sincere faith. Okay, let's talk about. There's three kinds of leadership styles, and it's according to whose leadership guru seminar you've been to. Now, I just I'm just choosing what's easiest for my brain to comprehend, and I thought i would pass it on to y'all. But there's really three leadership styles that are out there and there are different names for them according to who's speaking at the time, okay? But really, they all lead back to these leaders. The definitions are at least the same. I'm just giving. There is... Alright, if you're you're leading a team, I'm going to give you three responses and you, you tell me what would be your first initial response. In leading a team, it is most important to one of three answers. You don't have to write this down. Stay on the detailed agenda. Make sure every team person has been heard. Listen carefully to the discussion and let it take a life.
1: None of those are
2: bad answers. There's none of those are the answer. Well, let's, let me go. On. But did one stand out to you? Okay. Just kind of keep that in your mind. All right. In a meeting, you're leading and one member takes over the conversation and talks too much, chatty-patty. She's just talking a lot. Well, did you not know, chatty-patty, that this lady's here, and this lady, okay, you know what I'm saying, all right. So this is how you take care, take care of it as a leader, one of three ways. You, you interrupt and call on another person to share their position. Do what you can to get others involved when you can, if you have an opportunity or you just pray that she'll eventually be quiet and realize that she's the only one talking. (laughs) Now, all three of those are fine responses, but you lean more toward one than another. Okay? In establishing a ministry team, women's ministry team in your church or wherever, in establishing a team meeting to work on a specific problem, is it best to give the team clear-defined objectives and a timetable and standards of how that's to take place, or ask the team to establish their own timetable and standard of operating, or allow the team to function at their own pace. Guess what? One of those stands out to you, and all of those are are right answers. You say, how can they all be right? Well, we're about to talk about that. (laughs) All right, my husband and I did this together. And my responses were different than his. And he walks in perfection, so his was correct. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, but, I mean, it just shows my bent and leadership style is so different than his. And he is an effective leader. Okay? So, let's talk about the three different styles so you can kind of evaluate your own. One of the styles is the consultive style. Kind of consultation. And it's kind of group focused. And if my PowerPoint would work, you would see all this, but we're just gonna, you know it's not gonna be a big deal because if I hadn't told you that, you wouldn't have known that, so it's okay, right? Okay, it's group focused and it produces corporation. It's group focused and produces corporation. Uh, it also, the team doesn't usually get too stressed because everybody in the group knows that they're valuable and they have something to share. Um, The goal of that team is interpersonal relationships and everybody sitting at the table participating. The leader is sensitive to every group member's needs and their feelings. So the consultant leadership style is very, very effective when there's a problem and you're needing different points of view. And when, when there's an open-ended time, I mean, like, it's, it's not just an hour you're going to be together, possibly, but maybe, like, two hours. And y'all can, it's, a, it's everybody, you can brainstorm, you can pray together. It's a very, much more relaxed kind of feel, okay? Then there's the free reign leadership style. The free reign leadership style, now, I know that some of you are thinking... That's a (laughs) Lucy. Yeah, free reign. uh, Free reign. Free Free reign. It is an oxymoron. (laughs) I love that. You ladies are funny. Well, you know, she dropped the bucket. It's an oxymoron. (laughs) what has got it going on. But free reign is where the individual is focused on and it produces initiative. Okay? I'll just be honest. I'm old enough now and and years ago I didn't need this kind of leader but if I'm in a job and Beverly and I kind of talked about this in morning but if I'm in a job and I've been hired to do something I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and I'm going to give it all of God. and I'm going to organize you know it's going to be we're going to, we're going to get our act together because that's the entrustment that's been given to me and if, if I have a supervisor I love free reign not so that I can just do my thing but he trusts me or she trusts me and and I'll go to them for counsel and advice along the way, but to know that I'm trusted to get it done. So free reign is is a good thing. It allows freedom and if the members have a lot of self-initiative to get her done, then how do I say this? You don't have to sit down in a consulted kind of way and say, now let's talk about what your responsibilities are. If you know what they are, get them done. Yes. And free reign just lets you go do it. Get it done. Mm-hmm. And there are times and situations, that there's a negative to free reign too, and that's mm-hmm. that they tolerate um, non-productive people on their team a lot of times. Because it's free reign, and somebody over here working really, really hard that's got initiative getting it done and somebody over here's not getting it done in free reign as well free reign and so they just don't call it in. So there's positives and negatives to all this as well. And then there's the directive style of leadership. And that's where it's leader focused mostly and produces obedience or and that's a strong word obedience. It's not like you're whipping your team into obedience, but it, it gives everybody their job and, and it can get be done efficiently. And before you go down the road of saying, I don't like directive leadership style. I survived Katrina in Louisiana. I was working for the Louisiana Baptist Convention. My office was turned over as a a disaster relief zone for all of our Baptist work. It was quite a time. Hundreds of our churches were, it was, was, Katrina was rough. Okay? But I want you to know, we had a lady that was part of our Women's Missionary Union. And she has directive style. And when she walked in, I went to one of those disaster relief sites, and she said, Carol, you go over here and do this. Susan, you go do this. Cindy, you go do this. And I want you to know, in that disaster, there was so much done so quickly to bring God glory because there was someone directing it. If we'd been consulting about, I don't know, maybe Cindy needs to do this and Kathy needs to do that, we would have never been meeting the needs. It's a great style, especially in times like that, in times of crisis. It's a take-charge kind of leader. It assigns tasks. And, um, and this is sometimes they become impatient, this kind of leader, if you don't get them done on their time. So, um, And I want you to know that one of the heroes of my life was a directive leader. My dad pastored Southern Baptist churches for 50 years. He loved his people. He was in the hospitals. They loved him, but he could get it done in and that was his style. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, as as women, if you're got the consultant style, consultative style, you're going to walk into a meeting, and you're going to you're going to say, do whatever you can to get others involved when Chatty Patty takes over. Mm. If if you're yeah. the um, the consultative style, now if you're free reign, you're just sitting there praying dear Jesus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and if you're
2: directive, you just interrupt and you say, Susan, would you share? Are any of them bad? No. So if you're leading a team, it's important to stay on the detailed agenda. That's directive. Make sure every person is hired. That's consulted. Listen carefully to the discussion and let it take a life of its own. What is that? You got it. <laughs> When you're establishing a team and there's a problem, uh, on a problem, and they're talking, trying to decide what's best, get the team members clearly defined objectives, timeline, and standards. What is that? Ask the team to establish their own timeline and standard of operating. Consultants. That's consultants, that's right. And allow the team to function at their own pace. Great Great. Now, what I have learned is that a good leader, does them all. Now you have a bent one direction. Like my dad was a directive uh, kind of leadership style leader. And my husband is more of a consultative style style leader. And I look at that and I think, that's their bent. But I've seen my husband walk in situations that give out directives when it was needed. And I've seen him give free reign when it was needed it has a lot to do about how we're growing as a leader. And I wanna challenge you to get on a growth mode. What is really cool is when you're in a meeting and you can change from consultative to directive to free running. I mean, I don't know, when I first started studying all this about leadership development, I got so excited because I was like, Lord, would you just bring to mind to me when I need to move from one style to another? And who I'm t- who's talking in the meeting at what particular time, and that kind of thing? It really takes the discernment of the Lord to know when to switch from one to the other. You have a vent. You have one one style that's more who you are. But because we are leading women, and they all have different personalities, do they not? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, do you have do you have women on your team that have different personalities? Uh, yeah, I definitely do. Um, sometimes I have different pers- personalities in the same woman. No, I'm just <laughs> But you know, I want you to think about this for a second. You know, there are four personality types, and that's a whole retreat. I just love doing personality types. But, but you know, you've got the beavers that are very organized women. You've got the otters that are are playful, and they're going to make make it joyful around. And then you've got the golden retrievers who are going to be loyal and they're going to be the listeners. Aren't those important? Mm -hmm. And then you've got the lion that's going to take charge personality. And you need to know those personalities when you're in a team building to be the maximum leader that you can possibly be for Christ's sake, because if you know their personalities, then you can weave in and out of consultative free reign and directives so much more readily. How do I say this? Paul was a lion. The Apostle Paul was a lion. Why do you think God got his attention in a directive kind of way? Why Damascus Road, blood! The only way God could get his... Well, not the only way he was God he could do. It. But you know what I'm saying? His personality mm-hmm. merited with some directives. Why do you think Barnabas you know, wound up going on some journeys that others didn't because he was an encourager. He was a golden retriever. So was Mary sitting at Jesus' feet and worshiping Him. So all of our women and all the people on our team are beautiful women and they have different... But we've got to lead effectively and we've got to evaluate ourselves and our styles to lead them most effectively. Now you know what that's going to take? That's going to take some vault work on our parts, and it's going to take some introspective thinking because it doesn't just happen for me. It just doesn't. I have to really evaluate that all. Any questions about that, about leadership styles before we um, move on?
3: Yeah, and I, well, just a uh-huh. 30 second comment. No,
2: yeah, you just yeah, go ahead. We,
3: definitely need the different leadership styles because you you know if you have a house burning down or whatever, you definitely don't want to say, well let's consult about this and see what we need to do to figure out how to keep this house from burning down. Sometimes you just have to do the take charge. That's right. You know, and, and, and speaking in right. rhetorically, you know, burning That's right. down a problem. That needs, sometimes you don't have to, like you said, go to the directive. I need you to do this. That's right. You know, so you have to weave in and out, like you said. That's right. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. The consultive style
2: in me when I'm teaching like this, and of course teaching is more of an input kind of thing, but I really want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. So I just need more time, you know. Mm -hmm. And everybody that has some consultive style in them wants that input because what you've contributed already has added so much to this discussion. So that's wonderful. Well, let's let's think about that. So knowing your, how many of you, okay, let's just fess up. You hadn't taken a test and it's not clinical or anything, but will you be honest with me? You ready?
1: Yeah.
2: How many of you say, I think I'm more, my bent is there. Okay, how many of you say my bent is more consulted? How many of you would say my bent is free reign? And you're a free ranger, It's worth stressing okay? You just want to, You trust people. You just want them to do their job, okay? And sometimes
1: it turns
2: be
0: awesome so that's right. That's right. You have to come back with a little
2: more directive. Okay. I, one of the things I love about Lisa, and I'm just getting to know Lisa as, as your president here in Georgia, is she raised her hand for directive. But you know what? She's so much fun to be with. It's so awesome to have it somebody who can channel things and it's fun too because mm-hmm. some people that are directed you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and I don't even want to be around that <laughs> but to, to have directive with the grace of God filling them that's maximizing your leadership potential. That's awesome. I want us to talk about leaders the need for leaders to uh, develop a heart passion and know what their heart passion really is. Um, And I'm going to ask you some questions to make you start thinking about um, your heart passion in particular, okay? What things, and these questions are listed there, what things most excite and disgust you about your ministry or the world or life? Um, The Lord was kind of directing me at one point in time in my life to... um, to a different area of ministry, he called me to ministry when I was 13. But I, I really felt him leading me another direction at, at, at a very strategic time in our lives. We just moved to Texas, and all of a sudden, I'd always worked in convention work or in churches or stuff like that. And I felt like the Lord might be leading me to a nonprofit about this. And and I thought, wow. And when they came and talked to me about the nonprofit, I understood God's leading. Because God was directing my heart toward orphans around the world that were in need, that needed families. And this nonprofit helped 30 countries, orphans in 30 different countries. And so when they asked me if I'd step in and do the executive director of of that Hope for the Hungry organization, I prayed about it a long time, but I knew my passion I knew I could passionately lead at that point in time because my heart and passion was for orphans. And I was disgusted and upset. Disgusted is not the right word. It upset me. It brought forth, it evoked emotion in me when I thought of orphans without family. And so there was something that passionately, I could, the maximum of who I am could pour myself into that for that season in my life. So I ask you, what is it that really excites you about in this world or really disgust you because those two things, it excited me about the fact of an orphan being cared for or getting a family. And it hurt me and disgusted me passionately that they didn't have that. And so that what inspired me to lead. Nothing is sadder than being led by a leader that's not passionate about what they're leading. That's the reason somebody asked you at church to do something and you have no call whatsoever toward it and it's just a hole to fill on a roll at the church and the Lord knows they've asked me to do stuff like that before. I'm like, yep, God ain't come in, carry that banner, except I say it nicer. But, but you know, we've got to be passionate about it. We've got to be passionate about it. And then, what part of ministry captivates your heart and your imagination? I know my daughter... Um, Friday the 13th of September she's going to have our first grandchild. Mm. And way before um, she was married as an act teen act teens had an emphasis on human trafficking and it was really before the whole wide world discovered what was going on in human trafficking. I mean WM is way ahead of that curve. And I remember her reading and researching it as an act teen as a teenager and young adult and it captivated so much so that she went to the Attorney General of our state's office and said, do you know about this? And do you know? He had heard, but at that point in time, it was years ago, it just wasn't talked about. She said, we have more people who are struggling today and and, and enslaved in in human trafficking than has ever been. In the and so, and I'm not saying she was telling our Attorney General what to do, but you know what he did? He turned around and he asked her, would well, you write the human trafficking brochure for our state. Will you do all the research for it? And he was free reign. He gave it to her, told her to do the research, and she got with it because it captivated. She was broken and captivated at that point in time in her life. And so that was her tailor-made place at that point in time. What group of people do you want to serve? Wow. Think about that. Is there a particular group of people that you want to serve? The Lord really laid on our heart at our church recently. We have a lot of refugees coming in to our city. I mean, that can't speak English. They have no place to go. We have an incredible uh, English. There's a second language program. But do you know, Baptists weren't taking care of the refugees in our city. Do you know who was? Catholic Cherries. And so, I called, we called Catholic Charities and said could good Southern Baptists join hands with good Catholic Charities to minister to refugees? Mm-hmm. So that particular group of people was on the heart of many of our women. And do you know we had a vacation Bible school for children this past summer and a vacation Bible school for internationals that come from all over the world? And we had a separate vacation bible school for refugees. And those young men—there was one woman, young men—some of them had held on to the top of the train to get to America, and had fled, see, seeing their parents killed. And they wept in their own language, telling their story. Well, I know that for some of y'all that may be politically charged, but I'm just telling you, God brought them to our door, and we're gonna love them. So what is it, what group of people do you want to serve? You may want to serve young mothers in your church. There's nobody more stressed at the church that needs help more than young mothers. It's the truth. How many of you have ever been a mama? You know that's, I'm telling you the truth. God may be calling you to, to work with people that can't speak English. I don't know where God's calling you. But we lead more at a maximum capacity when we're captivated, when God's pointed his finger and says, orphans right now, Cindy, that's where I want you. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I've I never dreamed of me in years. That would be a focus of my life. But for years. There was a season that was the focus of my life. Ask the Lord. And if you really if you really have no idea, say, Lord, I want to be a servant leader. Yes. And I want you to use me to the max. So, Lord mm-hmm. Jesus... I'm just going to open my life up to you and then you have to open your eyes. You open Mm -hmm. your life up to God and you open your eyes to what He's put right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And you start with what's right in front of you. And you start leading, servant leading what's right in front of you most effectively. Rather than, oh, I'd rather be up here like Beverly doing what Beverly's doing or I want to be up here like Lisa doing what Lisa's doing. You just serve with what God's put in front of you. And it's amazing as how what He's put in front of you He'll move you to the next step. Let me tell you what. Oh, I just, let me see here. Okay, I think I have time. Um, One of the things that God is redirecting me as a leader in right now, and he's really pointed his finger, and it's not a people group, but it's to involve people in something specifically, is the power of prayer. The church where I'm on staff uh, as women's minister has gone through some hard times. I know your church never has. <laughs> so y'all can't relate. But anyway, we've gone through some hard times. And I've just been at the church going into my third year. When I first came there, it was really hard times. And the women were kind of like this, all trying to fix things. You know how we try to fix things and leave. But what we needed is to be on our knees before God. prayer. And God said that. Get these women praying Cindy. Get them praying together. I said, but Lord, you know, they're so busy. Are they going to stop and pray? So we started having seasons of prayer. And we would, and we realized we have 25 minutes between Sunday school and church. Hmm. And there are women that can pray during that time. And you know, every Sunday for all these years, we've started having prayer time between Sunday school and church and involved different women in our church at different points in time. And so, you wouldn't believe it. Just 15 or 20 minutes praying together. There've been women that walked out there in tears? And God's done a mighty work in them as well as our service. And when someone walks the aisle in the service, they know that they've been a part of it because they've prayed it down. We were having services where there was no movement in the Spirit. And now, guys, His Spirit's just moving. You know? It's just moving. It's awesome. But guess what? Just because things are better, Doesn't mean that we don't need to keep praying, Mm -hmm. because actually, we can become complacent when things look good on the outside. Mm -hmm. And so, one of the things God has reminded me of as a leader is, don't let those women stop praying. Make sure that prayer wins. When I drove up here yesterday, I didn't drive up here. Karen drove me up here from the airport. She parked her car right in front of this this First Baptist Church, Jonesboro house of prayer across the street. They have a whole house. It's called the house of prayer. Wow. And Karen just casually said, that's the house of prayer. And I thought, oh Lord, you brought me here. And Lord, you brought me here more than just to be with my friend Beverly and get to know her better. Or with Lisa. Lord, Or to share with the sweet women. Lord, you brought me here because you wanted me to see that house of prayer. You wanted me to see that house of So I'm sitting there in the car and looking at that house of prayer going. Yeah, I'm getting it, Lord. And I don't know what he's saying still, but I'm getting it. And lo and behold, I told some yesterday, out at the house of prayer walks Henry Blackaby and his wife who read Experiencing God. And I didn't know it, but the girl that was with me said, that's Henry Blackaby that read that book, Experiencing God. He and his wife are walking out of the house of prayer right now. I said,
0: no way. <laughs> no
2: way. She said, yes way. I said, can I meet him? Oh, I, and It's not that he's... But he is a leader. And he is, And to think of his age, he and his wife, had, they could have prayed in their bed at home. But they have gotten up and they were in the house of prayer. God taught me through them walking out of the house of prayer yesterday of what I want to be when I'm their age. I want to be walking out of the house of prayer. Not just when it's convenient. And it wasn't easy for him to walk. But he was walking out of the house of prayer. And then I got to talk to him for just a little bit. And then today's a very important day in the life of my son. And I just have to share it with you. He's taken an eight-hour exam that he studied for really a total of five years, if you include college. But today's an important day in my son's life. And I knew I was going to be in Georgia. And so prayer, will will y'all pray for William? He's in that exam right now. It's the test of his life, right? And I asked the like a bee and said, could you and your wife just pray for William right now? And Karen was with me. And she thought I know Karen thought, Cindy's just so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, somehow I just think you've got this this really with the Lord and we just call William's name out loud. And they did. Wow, that's what's captivating me right now. Is leading in prayer. It's not really even a group, it's just prayer. In Georgia, this weekend of all things,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I saw a house of prayer. Never seen a house of prayer at a church ever in my life. I've seen prayer rooms, but a house? Never seen it. Isn't God good?
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: share that with you because wherever He's wanting you to lead, He'll point His finger and then He'll just place you in places. I mean, I don't know why Karen parked in front of the house of prayer, but God does. Is He just going to speak to me?
1: take a
3: moment to just pray for your son right
2: now? Oh, I might cry, but yeah. Can I?
3: All right, <laughs> ladies, why don't you join me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we know that William has um, has placed his hope in you, Lord. And Lord, I'm praying now that you would be with him, that you would bring him clarity of mind, that you would give him discernment as he answers the questions, that you would give him wisdom, Lord, to know exactly what is the right answer lord that you would give him the knowledge that he needs lord to bring it back to his mind lord lord i pray that the devil does not give him a cloudy Mm mind i pray lord that the devil would not have any um any hope of distracting him lord Mm -hmm. and i pray more than anything else that the love of um Mm -hmm. of these prayers would be felt Mm -hmm. by william lord to pick him up to refresh him Lord, I just pray right now that you would be with him in a mighty way and give him direction. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Maybe one of the kindest things ever. Thank you. You Where are you from?
1: I'm from London. So we can pray too.
3: I'm
2: (laughs) going (laughs) to tell William the most beautiful prayer from London. Thank
0: you. So what's your name? CJ. CJ, thank you.
2: My goal is to maximize my leadership potential. Will you read that with me at the bottom of the sheet? My goal goal is to to maximize maximize my leadership leadership potential potential and utilize the leadership style needed in each situation to to lead my ministry team to accomplish the kingdom task. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. And some of you are saying, I don't have a team. You and God... Or start. Just start with where He's planted. And don't have bigger is not always better. Just just go to Him and just say, God, where do you want me? And He will <coughs> leave discussion of five leadership t- tips to enhance your life ministry what if God gave me more than five is that okay <laughs> so I just want I just want to share the best leader servant leaders are leaders who serve from the heart and and I mean that's not one of the points but I just want to talk every one of, of the tips really have to do with the heart of the leader okay the heart of the matter because if you got impurity in the heart you're you're just going to lead them they're going to replicate who you are and not who he is and it's just going to be a mess. But the heart of the leader needs to be someone who can share responsibilities. Did you know in Exodus 18 there was a guy named Moses? And was Moses a great leader? Yes. Mm-hmm. But did God use him? But you know what? His father-in-law Jethro came to him one day and said, Moses, what you're doing is not a good thing. It's just not a good thing at all people are lining up, trying to get your counsel day and night. You're not going to get any rest. You're going to get worn out and you're going to get burnt out. It's not going to be good. That's not exactly what it says in Exodus. That's just kind of our version. (laughs) And so he he basically said, you need to find some fat people. Faithful, available, and teachable people. And you need to delegate out to them so that they can be a part of the ministry. There's a point in time that God's going to give you other people to kind of be on the team. And then ask God to give you the ability to really let them do so that you don't get burned out. Okay, can we just be real for a second? Who's in this room has ever been burned out in life of ministry? Is there anyone that would be honest enough to say, I'm really there right now and I really need to evaluate anybody? I just want you to know that we... We've all experienced that before because we want to take on more. It's just our nature to nurture. And so we just take on more and more and more and more. And more but that is not biblical. And that is not best for us. So the heart of the, it has to be a heart, a servant leader's heart. This is the tip. It knows how to share leadership and delegate. It also has to be a heart of a leader that is faithful. Well, Cindy, that's a no-brainer. Well, let's go. Let's dig a little bit deeper. There are times it's easy to be faithful. But then there are times it's just hard. And it's just tough. I told you my dad pastored churches for 50 years. There were 10 years of that. But he was faithful through, and it was tough. I'll never forget, as a young woman sitting on the front row, and the church was going to vote him in or out, our family, in or out as the pastor based on a bunch of lies. And I just said, Lord, would you just cover this? I said, yeah, what are we going to do if they vote us out? And he said, we're going to sing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, and tell them that we love them, and we're going to wait for God's next agenda. Mm
1: -hmm. Well,
2: guess what? The boat sustained my daddy, and I still was telling daddy, why don't you just get out? Mm -hmm. I mean, this church is crazy. (laughs)
1: That's what I
2: was thinking. (laughs) And do you know what? He stayed. He stayed a full 10 years past that boat. And he baptized a lot of people into the kingdom of God. And now he's in heaven. And you know when a preacher gets in trouble in Mississippi and they know and they observe my dad walk through that? I know a preacher that two days ago texted me and said, I thought about your dad today because I'm in the fire. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. And I want to run. And I need to stay in good faith. You can outlive your life with Amen. your leadership Amen. if you stay focused on God because you see what it, what it was my dad was focused on Jesus and I was just wanting us to survive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you
1: know what I'm saying
2: sometimes you just got to be faithful through the tough times because it's through the tough times honestly people saw Christ they didn't see my dad they saw Christ working, mm-hmm. and so, And you know one of the greatest legacies he left me was to love people who are ornery and aren't nice Big mm-hmm. mm-hmm. girls yeah, and we have those around yeah. us. Now that doesn't mean that you have to be best friends with them because that might rub off on you. But you do have—you are commanded to love. Amen. 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 I'm, I'm commanded to do that. Another tip is a servant-hearted leader is available to minister, take care of the task, and minister to the people on their team. And do you remember we talked about that the little things are really big things and I talked about that then? It really is. It really is. We need to be out serving one another. And I don't mean out there serving one another, but we need to do that too, but we need to be out serving one another. CJ served me, I serve you. Guess what? I'm going to out serve you. And before you know it, there's this beautiful, beautiful thing that only God, synergy that only God could create. I'm talking about my Catholic friends today because I've got lots of wonderful Christian Catholic friends. But one of my heroes in, uh, in leadership is very different from me. She's in heaven now, is Mother Teresa. And one of her quotes is, small things done with great love change the world. Mm. And not just be available to fulfill a duty but to be available and be happy to be there. Have you ever gone to a women's ministry, something or something, and and you know that, oh yes, I'll go here, okay, and there's a woman here, This okay, you're supposed to be there, and then she's talking to somebody over there. Do you know hospitality is one of the biggest things we need? When, I mean, we're gonna work really, 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 really hard. I mean, i really prepared for this today to share with you, but guess what, once I get in here, You matter more than the stuff. And that's the way it needs to be. We need to be available to the people we serve and not to the task necessarily always having to be accomplished. Because you know what? When we're available to the people, then God may redirect even what we've prepared. To be what he's prepared. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? And the servant leader, another tip, their heart has to be very teachable. Yeah, I mentioned faithful, available, and teachable so important. Always ready to learn more. Always ready to learn more. I have a friend that reads books, 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 all the time, all the time, all the time, and she always she's a great resource because she, that's what she does in retirement. She loves to read books. A lot of times I'll call her and say I haven't read that book, but I have read the back of it, <laughs> and she'll and she'll she'll give me a little golden nugget from it, and I'll think, oh, that's a good thought to. And I'll maybe meditate and think on that um, along the way. To be teachable. To realize that no person, no leader has arrived. Mm-hmm. That we're in the process. And we've all got something to learn. Mm-hmm. And to also be very generous in our leadership. And that just means if I've got something well I'll just give you an example yesterday I shared a, about a program that we're starting in our church called Behind the Fine in other words how are you fine how are you fine how are you fine oh this is Sunday morning how are you fine mm-hmm. but Behind the Fine is a story mm-hmm. and it's usually sometimes not fine mm-hmm. and it needs the, the Holy Spirit's interactive well I just shared that casually yesterday didn't I I mean it wasn't a really big point or it wasn't a point it just was, came out and this lady in the hallway stopped me early, Beverly was there, and she started talking about how the, the Lord used that, and she began to think about the minister's wives. See, that's the group that God's, that's captivating her heart in her area, and she said, and I just thought, wouldn't that be a great idea or something for the minister's wives getting together, but behind the fine there's, there's a story. And I thought, Lord, that's <laughs> awesome! Because you're going to take what? Our little, our church is done over here and our little group of women in vision. And you're going to use it other places to bring yourself glory. If you find a servant leader who says they're a servant leader and they're not generous, then there's something here that's not right. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, you know, what if it's something I've written and I have a copyright and blah, blah. That's a whole different ballgame. I'm not talking, I mean, there's, Right things to do. We shouldn't abuse people's stuff. But if it just, if it's just for God's glory, and you can see that in the leader, doesn't that just generous heart and want you to be more generous mm-hmm. and give back? Even. And lastly, and I, I told you it's more than five. How many is it? Six. Years. Okay. Well, I'll try to stop on this one. Yeah. There's really too much. But that's okay. <laughs> um, it's a their heart. A servant leader's heart is very focused. It's very well focused, oh, sorry. And, the, and the focus is two places that are most important before they ever leave anyone, and that is they learn how to lead their own lives well. Mm-hmm. And so, Psalm
1: 139.
2: Uh, when I was in high school, became my favorite verse in the Bible, search me, O oh God, I know my heart, test my thoughts, point out anything you find in me that makes you all so sad, put me on the right path. Yep. And I loved it so much that I got my little garage sale guitar and I knew my three chords and I put it to music. <laughs> and I just sang it and sang it and sang it, and my little sister, 15 years younger than me, screamed to Mama one day, and I was there, search me, O oh God. And my little sister said, Mama. Tell Cindy to stop singing surgery, oh God. She thought I was saying surgery, oh God.
1: <laughs>
2: well, from the mouths of babes, because that's exactly what that verse is, is for me. It allows God to do surgery in my mind. Search me, oh God, know my thoughts. Point out anything you find in me that makes you sad. Put me on the right path. So a servant-hearted leader longs for the surgery of God in their life. Ongoing basis, and some days he shows me stuff about myself that I'm so disappointed in what I've allowed him. Does that make sense? No, he mm-hmm. And so, so that's the reason that focus and the focus to keep our eyes on Jesus. That sounds real Sunday school like, but it's not, y'all. Part of the challenge. We cannot keep our eyes on the situation and maximize our leadership ability. We cannot keep our eyes on the people or the women or we'll just be frustrated and it'll be chaos. Our eyes have to be fixed on Him and then He, by grace poured out on us, maximizes within us the leadership ability that He wants us to have for the people He's called us to or what He's called us to do for that season. And I don't want you to get so stuck That you think that God's just called you to work just with refugees. Maybe that's just for a season. Or maybe God's called you, the orphan, that was just a season of my life. It wasn't, I mean, I still love and give, but not in that same way. That was the focus of my life. Ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do? And the answer to that is the same and different every day. Did you know that? He would have you do this, walk in the Spirit, keep your eyes on Him, be focused on Him, and allow Him to surgery. If that, Yeah, what would you have me do? Allow you to do what you want to do with me. And then, every day, there's a different place He wants us to go, a different something He wants us to do to maximize what He's given us as servant leader. And guess what? I'm heading back to Jackson, Mississippi. And what He's called me to do is not what He's called you to do. My corner's different than your corner. Your corner's beautiful. So is mine. Lord, what would you have us do? Be more like you? Yes. Follow your call. Don't you want to maximize God's leadership and servant leadership ability? And all the ladies said. Amen. 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 Well, y'all pray. That I make it to the airport on time. Uh, you can pray after I leave because I think I went over time here. But I just can't express to you how much. And Beverly's going to close this out, but I can't explain express to you how, what it's meant to me to be here in Georgia. And I I've gotten an invitation back. I told Bethany I said y'all don't have to have me come back, and she said no, we asked for you. I said really, I feel so honored. Cindy will be, you waiting will be here. here.
0: Spring
2: oh, event that oh, uh, really did you
0: know about? Awesome. about yeah, okay. I didn't know which one
1: <laughs> for
0: that as well. So, thank you so much. I like do you know that uh, Bethany's huh. car? it's right out there? there, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. I just want to make sure All right, I and y'all, know. forgive me for I'm moving, God. just
2: leave these women so and I'll get it going. Welcome right. welcome.
0: Okay, well, um, thank you so much. Let's thank Cindy for coming. Oh, it's my joy. Um, okay, so <laughs> Bethann, thank um, you for letting me come. Williams like... is going to get her back to the airport. Uh, is so, if mm-hmm. you were not in one of sure. our sessions yesterday. Uh, I should have not put my things for a few. <laughs>
1: um,
2: <laughs> and if I left something... Y'all just keep it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll bring it to Jack. Okay, bring it to Jack. yours? yours. Okay, let me um, introduce myself. For those of you who may not know who I am, as Cindy's going. Thank you, friends. Yes. I am Beverly Skinner and I work with Georgia Baptist women. And so if you're not familiar with who we are, let me tell you who we are. We um, are part of the Georgia Baptist Mission Board and Whatever you do with women in your church, we're here to support you. So, if that's WMU, if that's women's ministry, if that's a mix of the two or you're not doing anything with women and you may be here uh, today because you want to learn how you can, However, whatever you do with women, we're here to support you. Our office also does uh, missions education for all ages in the church, so children on up. So we do a lot of different things um, in our office, but mainly we want to be here to help you do what God has called you to do in the church. So we do leadership training, we do events for women, um, and we're available to you to consult with you over the phone, come to your church, whatever that may be. If you were not in our sessions yesterday, I don't want to um, disrupt us right now, but before you leave, I want to make sure you get one of these black folders because it has all kinds of great information about our office, what um, events that we do there. There's a calendar of events that's going on, um, things we have going on between now and next spring. Um, There's information about camp in there. There's information about um, an event we have in September at Pinnacle Retreat Center that may interest you. But I also want to mention to you another event that's coming up. If you lead women in your church, whether you're the primary women's ministry leader or you're on a women's ministry team, any of those things, we have an event um, that we do called Connect, which is a one-night, two-hour event where we put women's ministry leaders from a region together at a church. We meet at a church. They host us, sit around tables, do some idea exchange. You're just getting to know Other leaders in your area, what do they do in their churches? As a matter of fact, our session this afternoon will be an even more abbreviated version of that. And so if you want to come back (coughs) here, I'll facilitate that this afternoon. So Connect is coming up. We have one September 12th in Madison, one October 10th in Forsyth. So I've got cards about that. It's free to you. And here's another thing, you can bring your entire women's ministry leadership team. So if you've got Bible study leaders, event coordinators, prayer coordinators, whoever that is, everybody is invited and it's free. We just ask you to register to let us know you're coming. And we do that regionally so that um, you're going to sit at tables with women and leaders from other churches that are somewhat close to you so that um, the whole purpose there is hopefully helping you build some connections. That can continue beyond that Connect event. So that's happening there. I've also got Lifeway catalogs and I have WU catalogs um, all in the back that you can take and Journey magazines from Lifeway that I'd like for you to have as well. One last thing I wanna mention again, if you were not here, and here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna, Donna, if you can help me get those handed out over there. Um, if you have not been to one of our sessions yet, Yes, if you were in one of the two sessions yesterday and you wouldn't mind filling out that card, here's what it'll do for you. If you serve women in your church in any way, this will put you on a contact list with us and you'll find out about things that we have going on. So we're going to email you. I promise you we don't email a lot. A matter of fact, we talk about that in our office. We're not sure we do enough. But uh, we do try to keep you informed of what we're doing. If you'd rather not get information from us, that's okay, too. You don't have to give me your email address, that's all right. But I'd love it if you'd just give me your name and your church. We're trying to keep track a little bit of what churches we've met at Go Georgia, And so, if you wouldn't mind filling that out and leaving it with me before you go, I would appreciate that. All right, that's a fast commercial. I could tell you a lot of other things. so, but there, a lot of that information is in that, that black folder. I mentioned Connect. I do a retreat for women's ministry leaders in February, February to March, every year of this in 2020, it'll be in February, it's a two-night event at Pinnacle Retreat Center in Clayton. And so there's information in there about that, all kinds of good stuff. Yes, Donna. Beverly,
3: uh, she didn't mention this, but she's got a new um, training session that
2: she'll
0: yep, come and you.
3: do. And she just came to my association, she did it, it's excellent
0: for small group
3: training yeah, leaders. So if you've got leaders
0: of small groups um, and I'll come to your church and do it, it's about about an hour and a half. The whole event usually is about two hours when I've done it before. Um, Usually it was like, um, well, Donna, you did exactly what has happened other places. We met about 6, had a light supper, um, and then about 6.30 started the training, and we finished at 8 o'clock. Um, so you could do 6.30 to 8.30 if that works better for your women. But it's it's very practical. This is not theology about small groups. This is not the all the big why. This is really how to be a better small group leader. When you walk in the room as a small group leader, well, and before you walk in the room, what do you need to do to lead effective small groups with women? And so it's very hands-on, practical kind of training. So And all of that, let me just say, in case you're kind of new to coming to some of our training events, all of that is free to you. You don't have to pay me to come. You don't pay my travel. Your gifts to the cooperative program make that possible. And so uh, that is all free of charge to your church. Now, if you come to our, like, SELA, our retreat for women's ministry leaders, there's a fee to come to that. But um, So thank you, Donna. All right, other questions, things I could answer for you? I right, so lot of information to just kind of throw at you. If you come back after lunch, the session that we do here, several of you have been here, this is now your third time with us in the last 24 hours, so you may be really tired of me, um, so I'm glad you have been mostly with Cindy. Um, but what we're going to do at 1:45, I think it is this afternoon, uh, you're going to talk to each other. So this is going to be a lot more of a workshop type thing. We'll do this afternoon, and I'll I'll guide us through that and share some ideas with each other. So I hope you'll come back for that. Meanwhile, I believe it is time for lunch. So go and enjoy lunch. It's at the Rock across the way if you haven't been yet, and I hope to see you a little bit later.